Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel podcast show. This evening, today, this morning, whenever you're listening to this, uh, we're bringing on not one, but two guest co-hosts, one of which is a regular on this show. We'll get to him in a second. He's all right. Uh, But today, we're bringing on a new talent for you. And I'll just go ahead and preface this by we've been talking a little bit about burnout, energy fluctuation, mindset. So our regular guest co-host decided to bring on another influencer. And she's a personal and development leadership coach, Reiki master and healer, spiritual mentor and writer. And her brand is her name. So today we have Danielle Laura joining us. And as I hinted, our regular lifestyle monthly regular co-host, Travis Rosnos. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. So Laura, I got to ask, all right, so Danielle, Laura, obviously Laura, we're going to flip back and forth, but how many podcasts have you been on? I would say about six, six or seven. Cool. We're, we're going to push you to that double digit now. I'm loving it. I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to keep breaking new goals, new goals. Got you all the time. Travis, where are you at nowadays? I, I lost track. I don't really know, man, to be honest. Yeah, I'm writing a little bit more too these days so there's some things going on in oh. written text so so we have a writer on today and we have she's uh, the writer though she's, she's the writer yeah you're becoming the writer and i will officially <laughs> announce in this episode because it's going to take what a couple weeks to air that i've also officially as of today hired a coach to help me write my first book so nice awesome it's about to rip the lid off <laughs> nice so yeah Actually, this is perfect. On the theme of potential burnout, uh, I'm adding one more focal point into my already very diversified, busy life. And obviously, it's a great discussion point today. So for our listeners, Travis brought this up in the past. And when we got off our last show, which will have aired before this one airs, we talked a little bit heavily about burnout and the impact on people's mindset and how it differs across different age demographics because this show influences the Gen Xers and the millennials, but also perfect example for today across the sexual differentiations, right? How male and female differ. So that being said, Travis, why, why should our listeners be getting excited about Danielle? Why are we, why are we digging in deeper today? Yeah. And she'll give you the nuances, but this her story uh similar to rising women right across all generations they're giving and they should be given more and we'll see it more and more more opportunity right more responsibility and they're stepping into larger leadership roles and so her story is really unique in that sense where you know there's an unfolding relationship to burnout and what the mindsets were and somebody becoming the CEO of a large medical center at a very young age, it gives this interesting dynamic of what were the mindsets and the causes on that side of the gender house, if you will, and, and what is that relationship into burnout and just how can we, how can she help educate your listeners who are rising women, you know, to, to help prevent, you know, well-being that's not so ideal or 
you know, just to become more aware of what's going on. So I think she's the perfect candidate for that. And that's why she's here today. And I'm glad you brought that up. Perfect. Uh, setting the stage for you, Danielle, is because I didn't want to bring that up. Travis actually already told me about this. And I was like, wow, a very young CEO of a medical center. Let's not skip over that. So dare we ask, what was the age? Not that age matters. Age is just a number, but, <laughs> but let's be real. I mean, how old? Sure. Yeah, I was 26 at the time. Wow. Okay. You go, girl. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of masculine, feminine energy, burnout, uh, were you planning to become a CEO at 26? Um, I was on track for that. I didn't think it would happen that soon, but I, you know, classic overachiever burnout extraordinaire. I did everything I could to make sure it was going to happen. Um, and it did my hard work paid off, but at, um, a lot of sacrifice, um, of so many other things, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into in the whole burnout scheme of things. So why is it that, because admittedly when I was 26, I'm now 40, uh, that I was same thing, man. I was in like a lot of my friends were finishing school. I was already in the corporate space. I started like at 18. Like I was, cause I wasn't sure if I was going to finish a degree and not, I got, I just dove in and work became that priority domain in my life. So friendships were important, zero romantic endeavors. I just went hardcore into the tech business space. And thanks to going back to school and studying psychology, I, learned a lot about balancing the domains of your life and how if you don't focus on all areas, it can become a level of stress and could lead to burnout if you do not know how to balance your said life and take those breaks and allow for rest and recovery and maybe not do the 60, 70 hour where we, you know, because you are salary and you're not making any more for that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah. Did you do some of that? Oh, yeah. Uh, did I do some of that? Um, I was, yeah, I was working anywhere from 70 to hundred hours a week. Um, I was so overly involved even outside of, of my career. I was involved in the community and in my church and all these things that were really important to me. Um, but I didn't sleep. I maybe slept two hours of, like a night and lived off of coffee. It's a miracle that I could function, but I was just so, so, so driven that I had this mindset of absolutely nothing was going to get in my way. Nothing was going to stop me or hinder me, um, at the, you know, at the cost of, of everything, essentially the cost of my life. I ended up, um, so burnt out, so sick, was hospitalized a few times. Um, wow. I didn't have boundaries or balance. I had the mindset of, I need to be all things to all people. And I was pulled in all these directions. Like my, my career needs me, my work needs me in this place. I need to foster leadership. Um, of the people who were my staff, I needed to foster, you know, leadership in my friendships. I was in a lot of um, women's group, not a lot of, a few women's groups um, that I also helped lead um, and also tried to have a social life, right? All of these things that I thought I needed to be all things um, at, at once. And you have a social work. life? Really? That's a thing? Yeah, it's hilarious, right? A social life, quote unquote, like maybe somebody, like maybe people you would see like two hours a week or something, but yeah, yeah, it was insane. So, all right, you just met, you just dropped a big number, okay? The 100-hour factor. And it's funny because I didn't ever, I don't think I've ever spent 100 hours in, in when I was a W-2 world, right? It's like, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a significant number. I mean, now granted, this is not an uncommon number that I've heard from friends of mine that are doctors and nurses. It seems to be a common thing in the medical profession. So even though you're on the business side, CEO, it's like, Huh. Interesting common thread there. You're CEO of a medical center and you're also putting in 
triple digit hours from time to time. So what's up with that? Is that just a medical industry thing? You guys it, I, just... <laughs> I truly believe it is very common in the medical industry, um, especially because I was, um, I was on the clinical end of things before I went on to the business end of things. Like I was in nursing for several years. So I knew how to do all of the things, all the positions. So I had to step in even when we had, um, you know, people who were out or we were short staffed. Well, I had, I knew how to do all every position and I had to step in and be that and do that and maybe help out in the day doing a job that wasn't necessarily like my job. Right. But then in the evenings working all these extra hours doing what I was responsible to do, um, or, or where were we going to go? Right. I, I had very high goals that I was, I was achieving for the facility and that's, I had to, had to do that. See, Tra Travis deals a lot with, fr from my observations, like, and what we've talked a lot about, Travis deals a lot with uh, overachievers or high achievers, I would say. Am I wrong on that, Travis? Like, is that part of your target market? You like the, the hustlers, like getting after it? Yeah, that's... Yeah. So, clearly you're doing this. <laughs> so, do you find that, did you self-create this? Because when I think back, no one told me I had to do 60, 70 hour plus weeks. I just felt, I just started falling down that path. Uh, mm -hmm. How would you speak to that, Danielle? I mean, would you say that, that was that self-created? Like you just assumed that this is what you're supposed to do or did you just accidentally fall into it? Like, was this taught to you by your peers? Because people hearing this might be going through this right now. Mm -hmm. And That's like, yeah. yeah, I think so much of it was self-inflicted. Nobody expected me to do the amount of work that I was doing. And actually they didn't know how I was doing it. Um, but for me, and I think this is a very common theme among women in the workforce, um, who are these like, you know, powerhouse people getting things done is this level of perfectionism where you have to do everything with complete and total excellence, like doing something halfway is not even an option. So you go above and beyond to, you know, cross every T dot every I and make sure everything is done, um, at the absolute best of your ability um, even risking your own health or relationships or anything as a result, because you care so deeply about that work. Like you're doing this work from a very heart centered place and you care so much that there's not, an, that doesn't even cross your mind to not be that way. That's interesting because this is why I think, you know, Travis does connect so well. And I can see now why you guys have that inner circle of connectivity, because I mean, Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, but again, when you have taught me some of your history, where you came from, again, that young young guy in the tech space, right? And technical sales and everything else you did, same thing, right? We're just like, oh, let's just go, go, go. We, maybe we're chasing the dollar, for example, or we're just, maybe we're looking for our own self-evidence of, of established success. I, mm -hmm. What do you say to that? I mean, she's definitely laid out an interesting timeline, an interesting, uh, I guess, lifestyle status right there, so. Yeah, so what I'm, what I'm hearing from her there is that there's some hidden, maybe not so hidden sometimes, but there's some individual awareness, you know, hidden beliefs around what self-worth looks like in that role for that person in that age group, right? With that gender. And so as I, as I turn it to gender, like your question is, I think the common, the common motives these days are, you know, you're going to get a job out of after college and you're going to work really hard. And there's certain influencers with noise out there, like the Gary Vaynerchuks. And there is still that hustle grind. There's a bit of that mentality. 
And so you have this cultural pressure, you have your family history of whatever that looks like as it relates to your own belief about yourself and your self image and your, you know, and the validation to your point, you know, I, I think this conversation is interesting because I think there are certain perspectives that differ by industry, oh, like burn, like burnout, like physicians, it's the highest, like physicians. I don't know if you saw Danielle, if this is even real news or what, but NYU, like they're giving free education for like pediat pediatricians and doctors. Now you can go to college for free to be a doctor because, Oh, like, unless that's fake news, I saw this yesterday, but that's an example. While you're talking, I'm going to look this up. So we we may be screen sharing this because they're all, they're all fried and burnt out. And, and then you talk about the $1.5 trillion, you know, student debt issue. And, and that, that role is coming out with some of the highest debt, and not being rewarded financially enough to really keep their head above water. And, you know, it's not to say that they're not privileged, but, but the reality is really bad for that type of role. And my perspective is on in a sales role, I'm looking really deep into the research and numbers of what does the market look like for somebody in a sales role and what's going on there and, and burnout. And, and that's also another, like if you're, there's one thing to be a motivated person, to be a type A personality, and maybe you've got some family history and a story to prove something, but some sellers are introverts and they're, they're actually really good sellers, but they don't do really well in the environment of getting no all day long and trying to continuously like look at the leaderboard and prove themselves that was my story. And I, and I think that that will play out. So it's a long winded answer, but I, I just, I think there's a lot of levels of awareness going on. Gender plays a large role and these other factors play a role too. And you are correct. Cause here's the screen share for our video watchers. Yeah. Surprise yeah, right. gift. This was actually published <laughs> yesterday. Free tuition. Uh, all NYU medical students. The very first uh, little mini <laughs> paragraph here is the New York University School of Medicine announced on Thursday that would it would cover the tuition of all its students regardless of merit or need, citing concerns about the overwhelming financial debt facing graduates. Yeah. Wow. And I think it goes be the way I look at this is it goes beyond the financial debt. I think that's a large part of it. But you also have the people that that uh, their well-being and participation and efficacy in those roles a few years into those roles mm-hmm. that's not that system's not working right so they can't that there's attrition in those roles right that doesn't play out and daniel you could probably speak to that like attrition levels and in that field but well i mean uh, let's pause on that daniel would you I've loved to have seen that type of gift. Were you working that hard because of tuition or is it just because you just said, you know what, I'm a professional and now that I'm a CEO, like this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Like I have to back this up with horsepower and instead of man hours, woman hours, I mean, <laughs> or, you know, mankind hours, however you want to word that. What, what, do you, what do you say to all this? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, of course I had student loans, right? I went to graduate school and everything, but um, I mean, yeah, that's pretty amazing. So if it all, yeah, if it all doesn't, you know, the free school, but, the, but, does, but does this fit? Here's a, here's a question. Does yeah. this fix the problem, right? This is just one. I mean, that's a significant offer, right? But now like not every school can do that. Not every, you know, student can benefit from that. It's not always the financial crisis or the risk of that financial extreme debt. When you get out of school, 
it's there's many other layers to this. And I already heard some of them from you today, Danielle, like this, it wasn't really just financial, was it for you? No, not at all. I mean, that was like a little piece of it. That was just part of the story. Well, you go to school, you get a student, you get student loans and you have to pay them off. That was not at all the driving force. Um, and I don't think it is for many people. So why do you think, I mean, the, the sum up your, you know, basically your transition point, like uh, you clearly knew how to hustle, knew how to work hard, crushing it as a medical center CEO at 26 Fast forward, Let, let's let's get to the transition. I mean, and I'm, I'm gonna do some more screen sharing here because I love your Instagram feed, by the way. Um, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, after you, Travis Rosnos is a regular. You can always follow him at travisrosnos.com. Uh, but today we got, uh, she'll be launching a brand new site, Danielle with two L's, hyphen Laura. So danielle-laura.com. Uh, but then she's got a great in Instagram feed. So the reason why I'm bringing up your transition, right? This lifestyle shift is because when I look at your feed, there's you know, besides your bio, there's a lot of positive energy here. You're a fellow fan of quotes like I am. Uh, yep. So I, I really want to understand where the shift or the pivot, as we like to hear nowadays, the shift and pivot happens because that's something that Travis is helping a lot of people with too, is helping them either attain the shift or pivot or, or live through the pivot. He could talk to that in a minute too, but where are you at? How did you get there? Right. So for me, it took me becoming completely burnt out to the point where I couldn't function. And I was hospitalized with different um, health issues and disorders and all of these things that ended up becoming chronic problems. And I realized that even though, um, you know, I was working hard, I was making a difference. Um, deep down, I wasn't actually truly fulfilled. Um, and I was spinning my wheels in this constant cycle of doing all things, being all things to all people, constantly pushing myself um, past my own limits to where, um, was all of that? What was I doing all of that for? Really? I was self-sacrificing completely and I wasn't actually happy in my life. My identity became, um, my career, like it became all that I was. Um, and it finally got to the point of me having to be real with myself and ask myself, is this the kind of life I want to live for the rest of my life? I'm completely burnt out. And like, don't even want to get out of bed at 26 years old because I'm so exhausted and depleted. What am I going to be like at 50? And, um, I really just had to, um, understand that I had to make changes and I had to get real with myself and ask, okay, what do I, how am I actually showing up in this world? Is this actually what I want? And what are the changes that I need to make? And that started with one, having boundaries, setting boundaries in place to where, um, I could still, still be in this, in this corporate environment yet actually still enjoy my life. Um, and obviously I'm not in corporate anymore, right? I started my own business. So that's, really? but, um, but yeah, for me, it was just the awareness of being real with myself. Do I actually want to be doing this forever? Um, am I actually happy? What do I actually need? Asking myself those things and then setting the non-negotiables in place to shift my life accordingly. So with that shift, Travis, let's connect this back to the male perspective. Um, everything she just said is common, right? Across female and male is what I'm hearing right now anyway. I mean, yeah. you and I probably went through it similarly or differently. Like I actually tell people at 26 into my, into my yeah, towards the end of my 20s, I, I remember buying a book called The Quarter Life Crisis, like trying to understand what the heck was going on inside of my mindset at that time. So right. 
unfortunately, there's back then there was only one book. Now, I've, if you Google it on Amazon or whatever, there's a, there's multiple versions of quarter life crisis now. Other people have written about it because it has become more clearly of an exponential problem, and it's basically can if left unaddressed can lead to burnout. Or you're already there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's different. That's the thing about the process of burnout. What I've really learned is. I think everybody's in a stage of it on some level. That's, I know it's generalized and broad, but that's the thing is there's certain stages of it that become more detrimental and more isolated and more, you know, kind of deeper into the process of it. And once you get down there, then you're like, Oh, what happened? I don't really know how I got to this point. That's the same for each gender. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. not, and I think there's a lot of what we talked about so far. That's absolutely universal in the process maybe of of the how or right and so i don't know if i answered your question or if you had a specific question but no we're more moving down the journey here that bound down the path because that's yeah what we're, each all three of us here right now today are, need to be digging into this and and we don't have to have the perfect answer because i'm trying to put ourselves into the position of the listener right now because the great thing is each of us can talk to this at a different place on the timeline I mean, you guys are younger than I am, but I've been where you're at, maybe at a different state in time, maybe at a different state of economy, uh, et cetera. But in the end, like part of my journey and story was, oh, my escape from the corporate hell was finished the degree and then I dropped everything and then became a federal wildland firefighter out West. Like, okay, did not reduce the stress. <laughs> it was just a different... Now I'm trying to fight Mother Nature at 16 hours a day for two weeks straight before you get a day off. So I went from cubicle hell and corporate-driven uh, and financial goals to just taking a break and then going through an extreme mental exertion and physical exertion, which then led to some mental fatigue. And then I learned all about uh, adrenal fatigue and and uh, and the impacts on your stress levels, the hormonal impacts one of the building blocks of why I'm even more today such a health and fitness nut and why this podcast is the tagline is we fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle because all three are constantly in a state of flux with no matter who's hearing this show right now. Right, mm -hmm. Danielle? Absolutely. Yeah. They're all interconnected 100%. So mm -hmm. again, let's take it back. Like how, how you, you clearly start setting boundaries, right? Great, great point. I, I don't I really think about it enough, but eventually you start saying, listen, classic quote is, every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. I think mm -hmm. that's something important for us to pause on with this burnout factor. Let's each of us talk about that. Like, you set boundaries. Was it around that same theme? Because you're like, I just keep saying yes, yeah. and there's only so much time. I'm so glad you said that. That's such a good point. Um, that was true in my story, and in every single, that's a common denominator, in every single um, one of my clients is that they say yes to everything. They don't know how to say no. So they end up having no time, um, no relationship with anything outside of their career. Um, and they're overbooked, overstressed, and it leads to this continual cycle. Hmm. Um, and they're like, oh yeah, like one day, like I gotta stop saying yes to everything, but then they never do. Um, so yeah, you first need to really understand, and this goes back to setting your non-negotiables, what is truly in alignment with your core values and the way you really wanna show up in this world. Um, anything that's not in alignment of that, say no, out the door. You don't, you don't need to say yes to every single thing. I think that's the first thing. Is this in alignment with um, my values, how I'm showing up in the world and what I'm involved in? 
Um, is this part of my purpose? Yes or no? If it's no, probably not something you should say yes to, right? <laughs> if it's something that, but not to say that don't ever go out of your comfort zone. Those are really, those, that's really pivotal as well. Um, taking steps sometimes outside of your comfort zone for your own personal growth. But if you're doing that all the time to things that have zero, zero benefit to your life, then you're just aiding burnout. Interesting. What do you got on that, Travis? I know, I know you got something powerful. <laughs> She just hit some yeah. Stuff. So we're, we're in the process now, the way I see this. And so she's offering really good tips, digestible tips as it relates to how to start taking inventory of decision-making and all of this in, in the way that I see this is that it all sits in like key intangible soft skills and it's, and the skills are, you know, self-awareness in certain ways as she's framed it. And then, you know, key emotional intelligence skills, right? Like, like knowing one's values, I think on the path to going there, there, there has to be some emotional releases, some emotional uh, strength training, if you will, like all of this stuff and all of this process, like where, where it gets unique in my opinion on the man, on the men's side, is is that is I think a common well definitely a common theme in my clients and in men's groups that I've been in with you know hundreds of men online thousands of men is that it's a big step for men to like go get help like that's a really unique thing so so men will suffer in silence and be handcuffed to an idea that they must be a self-made man do it on their own and that support is a sign of, of, of being weak. And, and so th that's a huge cause for, I think the path to be uniquely different in a man's case. And I, I have certainly seen that um, for sure, but the process, right? The process. And when I say emotions or, you know, bringing up emotions is I think men are a little bit more cut off from their emotionality than women are. And that's not always the case. I've really seen a pattern emerge though. And this is, you know, three years in men's groups where, you know, men have had enough and they finally take a step of changing their ways in, in the form of mentorship around other men and have that be guided. Most of them want to be able to feel more than two emotions. I, I like I've, I've got, I've got anger and I've got like aggression and then I have a catch all emotion. I don't really know what it is. It's interesting because psycho <laughs> psychologically it's been proven that, uh, women it's one of the advantages over men is that you ladies just can switch and pardon the term multitask because I don't like to use it anymore because I used to, I used to like, Oh yeah, I'm a multitasker. No, I'm not. You, you can only focus so much bandwidth on so many things. So this, this brag of multitasking actually isn't as good as you think. And if you are bragging about being a multitasker, hopefully you're female. I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that, Danielle? Yeah, that's, that brings up such a good point. And I think it goes to the whole analogy of, you know, women are like spaghetti and men are like waffles, you know, <laughs> men are like this, you know, compartmentalize like task, you know, task driven, focusing on one thing at a time. And this over here in this square is like a totally different thing. Whereas women are the spaghetti, like everything is interconnected because of the emotionality that we have behind everything that we do. You know, we have sometimes 17 browsers open in our minds because of the emotion that goes along with each thing. You know, for example, a mom, you know, a, a working female who's also a mom could be focusing on her career, 
on her kids, getting them to practice, uh, making dinner, um, what she has going on this weekend, whatever the case may be. And there's always so many things that they're, that they're thinking about and essentially are worried about um, because it comes from a very emotional type of standpoint. And that's why they are such great multitaskers because at all times, there's so many things going on emotionally and mentally. Um, versus I'm sure, you know, you guys as men can speak to men typically are pretty task oriented, whatever they're right. yeah. on in that, in that moment, like that's it. Yeah. Hashtag super moms. <laughs> totally. But I mean, so Travis talked about that on the, on the male perspective, like help our listeners understand, you know, like, cause like I get it only because I've spent the past few years doing all the self-development, the personal development, professional development, learning about this. You know, I went to college and studied, you know, psychology, but I've learned so much more since then because I've learned how to peel back the layers. You made a point about vulnerability. We didn't, you didn't say the word, but I've been using that much more because I was guilty of that. Uh, you know, oh, guys got to show he's got everything under control. I mean, you ladies do it too in a different way. Uh, but that's part of that. I think maybe that masculine energy is that we feel like we have to. And part of one of the most powerful things that a man can do that I've learned is to embrace more vulnerability and allow that release. Um, at least, at least when I was, when my fiance broke up with me and then we got back together because of me learning to drop my walls and embrace vulnerability, whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll bring in a really simple example of, of why this contributes to burnout on, on the men's side, vulnerability, just the, let, let's, let's go basic with this. Vulnerability might mean, sharing something uncomfortable with other people. Um, it might be in a sales conversation to, to not admit that they're the best option because they serve only part of the process and not the whole thing. But that's, those are small ways of vulnerability. But the way energy is leaked, from my experience and, and how it relates to emotionality, emotional intelligence, and this process of burnout is, you know, for years, I, I was cut off from a lot of my emotions, just meaning I didn't want to feel them. I didn't really want to go there. I oriented towards outputting, getting a task done, getting a nice pat on the back and having that cycle of dopamine be that, right? I put in the effort, you know, I feel good about doing a good job and on and on that cycle went. But being in front of men and women all day long that mirrored my certain inner landscape you know, unresolved aspects of who I was or sense of self, I would, tr I would be triggered throughout the day, right? I would feel something, push that down. And that, that takes energy to do that. So whether you're a man or woman, everybody has that, but the more you're not welcoming emotionality and, and able to be with it, that it takes energy. It takes energy. So, so I think men deal with that a little bit more maybe because they suppress it based on certain influences culturally, you know, individually, whatever. However, I think women face a whole nother animal of influence as, as to why burnout is, you know, a big risk to their personal and professional fulfillment. And it's, it's simply it is this transition of, of needing to prove like, we're capable, like, like equality and all this other stuff. That's like, now's the time to strike, I think for women. Right. And I think there's an, there's an escalated sense of how much effort they should be putting into, um, in an, in an imbalanced way. That's kind of what it sounds like, Danielle, on your side uh, with the whole thing. So that, that's my take. And I really wanted to like put a pin in, 
uh, the, the relationship between emotionality and where the energy goes, well, like where our individual energy goes. And I took, I wrote that down because like the ways energies are leaked, the way you said that it's interesting because there is a clear difference, male and female. Danielle, I'd, I'd like you to chime in here and give us some of those female samples because yes, mm. we are going to leak energies in a different way. And you could probably relate to this just personally, if you don't even include your clients, like part of that story, if you think back, like how were you tapping into what he just talked to there? Yeah. So in terms of leaking energy. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was, um, yeah, of course I felt a lot of emotion, but I never actually, um, I never really addressed it for myself either because I had this, this mentality of everybody else is, is more important in a sense. Like I need to be this, I need to be the strength or the, whatever it is for this other person. So suppressing mm -hmm. my own mm -hmm. needs, which left, which turned into complete self-sacrifice, which led to more burnout and more depletion. Um, so the emotionality, I think as women in, in a very generalized whole, you know, we're the nurturers, the caretakers, um, having to feeling like we have to be there for everyone and make sure they feel loved or taken care of or supported in any way. Um, and that is a huge energy leak because oftentimes we put that way above ourself. We don't even ask ourselves what we need or want because we're so focused on giving to everyone else, which yeah, total energy leak. Interesting. So I, I, I have found this to be true in I, my reflection is this, like my mother, absolutely the same. You know, I've, I've, I've been in intimacy workshops, you know, where I'm kind of seeing women play with, you know, their empowerment and stuff like that. And I've actually gotten a lot of feedback where it's a big deal of women owning in the moment, like more of what they need or more of what they, they are seeking. And that's a big deal for them to finally be able to flex that muscle. Like some women will go to, you know, a, a co-ed type environment, which I've been in for the past couple of years too. And their big win is that. Yeah. Like owning that they can say, I need more of this, or I'm wanting to take care of more of that for myself. I find that to be really interesting. So, so Danielle, one thing that I've found is, and this is again, male or female, doesn't matter, um, is if you have a history of overachieving, you guys are probably going to know where I'm going with this and, or burnout. The one thing you have to be careful of is reprogramming and rechanneling that same process into your more positive actions, because you could still reach those same levels of stressors, even mm -hmm. though you think you're doing something good. What are your thoughts around where I'm going with that? Yeah. Yeah, you really have to reprogram, rewire and redefine your life, basically. And those are three elements that I that I go through with my own clients. It doesn't matter if you're shifting careers or professions. If these same core patterns are there, they're just going to be repeated in this new setting. So until you address the core issue, which if it if it's the issue of um, self-sacrificing, not actually giving yourself the space of, for what you need, then that's going to keep continuing on in every single thing you ever do. Um, until that is addressed, nothing's going to change. So really a deep, deep dive. And this kind of goes into the masculine and feminine energy of things a little bit, but typically the very high achieving, high performing women that I work with are very much in their masculine dominant energy. Um, and so it's really bringing them back into their feminine energy and being able to ask themselves, 
intuitively, like, what do I need? What do I want? And being able to come to a conclusion and then having the courage to actually set those non-negotiables in place in their life and realizing that they can only, they can give better and give more if they're giving from a full cup. And most of them are not. They're giving from a completely empty cup because they're depleted. So um, rewiring all of these, these, neuro, these neural pathways in the brain is what's going to actually change them, lasting long-term transformation rather than just putting a Band-Aid over the wound. I love where you're going with this because the other thing I think it's what I'm hearing you and I'm hearing Travis, I, I think I've always got to remind people with this show is that I've said this classic statement before, right? We're all at a different place in the timeline. And I think that's even more important that we bring that up here is let's be reminded of the patience with processes like this. Now, granted, some men and women may move faster or slower in certain areas of this process, depending on where you were at and what was your influencing factors in childhood and young adolescence and, and your professional space and where you're at today and who's, who's your inner circle and support system. Oh, I could keep going. Right. So, uh, and we'll hit you in a second, Travis, but Danielle, since you're already on this, how is there an all encompassing example or a way that you could say, this is how I work with women to help with that. Is there a way to go about that? Or is it too hard to generalize that? It, it really truly is very different for each client, but I do think there are, there are processes that you can use really for anyone to help them hone into what is going to make them the most effective leader in their life, professionally and personally, that staves off burnout, but yet is still in alignment with their core values. Um, I keep and hearing that. That's important. You, you've stressed this multiple times, that core value piece. So I'm, important. I'm loving that. I'm loving that. Yeah, because you, there's not some one size fits all method to achieving not having burnout. No two people are alike. And what one person, what may be very stressful for one person might be very invigorating for another person. It all comes down to really to personality, life experience, like you said, like childhood, like how you grew up, what you what you're used to seeing, all of these things that have played a part in your life. So you can't force somebody to do something or say this is the one and only way to do it. Um, that might be incomplete completely contrary to what they believe is intrinsic to them and or out of their scope of integrity and morality. So yeah, sticking true to your core values and figuring out ways for you that are going to still stave off the burnout and depletion, but in a way that you are still being able to have joy and fun and all these things in your life without compromising who you truly are. Hmm. Travis, what do you got, brother? I don't need to say anything more. <laughs> okay. So clearly that's a good example of how you transcend the sexes in this situation, right? It's, th th this is a crossover and it doesn't need to be different. It's definitely a crossover. And I, I, I would argue, you know, I'd not argue, but you know, not coming into this, trying to make a case that there was, you know, that there's any different process for either sex. Yeah. There is a different interpretation based on, cultural family influences and how the world might be seeming for each sex. That's different than the process is this for men process is this for women. And I think the transcendence is really the masculine and feminine in both sexes. Hmm. Either you're in balance or imbalanced with either side. I can be a man and be overemphasized in my feminine, have zero structure in my life not really pay attention to a task at hand and just be free flowing. And in some careers and professions that might serve that individual. Great. 
we live in a society that really does breed and reward people based on masculine emphasis. Correct? Uh, KPI. I, I would say, especially in this country, I'm sure this applies in this, to other in this country. Too. In this yeah. country, well, most countries and cultures are patriarchal cultures, mm -hmm. and that just means that. And I'm not referring to patriarchy in in regards to um, domination, men over women. It's the structure in which the society moves, which is mm -hmm. capitalism, KPIs at work, all that stuff, tasks, productivity. That's masculine emphasis. And so a woman in a role that's required to input and output based on how it's how it currently is measured, it's overemphasizing masculine orientation. And that's where the imbalance comes from. And that's where man or woman, a man even in, that is good with tasks and productivity and all that, in my experience, right, doesn't bode well for preventing burnout either because there's complete shutoff from emotionality, which is more of what it means to be a human being. And that's, that's something that came up in recent episodes. I ended earlier, people like Heather Havenwood, uh, Mary Shores, uh, all ep recent episodes is that we hit on different angles of this by accident. This just came, this just came up yeah. because these are all powerful, successful women. And I, right, I decided to right. go with that because Hey, I'm, I'm the male host. And I was like, you know, it's interesting because why, you know, women should embrace their femininity. And again, Danielle, I can't wait for you to respond to this, but it's like society. It's hard for them to in that them role. Reprogram and say, well, no, let's, yeah. let's push more masculine energy. But it's like, no, 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 no. That's not natural. It's not who you are. Right. Right. Why can't women be women, be strong and still be feminine? <laughs> what do you, what do you say, Danielle? Ooh, I could talk about the balance <laughs> and unison between masculine and feminine energies all day. I figured. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, that is one of the key um, key factors in, in really in self-mastery, turning self-sacrifice into self-mastery is the balance, um, the power between the masculine and feminine energies, um, being unified in who you are. So, um, a woman who can, you know, be in her masculine energy in the sense of getting things done and accomplished and actually bringing to fruition these ideas that she has, but also being able to, to be in touch with who she is and what she needs and what she wants and intuitively um, allow that to guide her like using that. But also if you're too much in that space of just flow and ease and um, you know, yay, life is great, right? You're not actually accomplishing anything. You're not getting anything done. Um, and conversely, when you're all in your, when you're, um, when a woman is very much in her masculine energy, she's like, go, 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 strive, burn out, never stop, never ask myself what I need. And she's depleted. So the, the absolute like harnessing between both working in unison for both male and females, I think is, um, really, um, just emotionally intelligent entrepreneurship really. And yeah, right. entrepreneurship, yeah. but in life personally and professionally, even in relationships. Travis got excited there for a second. So she's just, she's nailing it right now. Right? No. Yeah. I'm so aligned with what she's saying. I, the, the different pull, the pushes here that I'm seeing, right, is the rise of women in, in opportunity and all of that, their masculines being rewarded. Would you guys agree with that? I mean, that's oh, kind yeah. of what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. And then the imbalance with the connection to that mastery then is hard for them to find. They're still in the dark. Mm -hmm. Men, there is still a... I think a pretty strong emphasis because it happens so early for young boys at like the age of six emotions are 
this is cut off, by the way, not from families usually. Sometimes the mom or dad will say, man up, don't feel that, blah, blah, blah. Oftentimes the research shows that it's the boys amongst boys on the playground mm-hmm. where they're, if they emote in a certain way that might come off when they start seeing it be similar to the girls on the playground, boys start to disregard and not reward that behavior amongst other boys. That starts at a very young age and that's that's the way things are currently still. So if they're cut off from that side, right, and then they go into the culture that rewards more outputting and directional and all of that stuff, then there's the disimbalance there. So there's it's <laughs> it's hard to find balance in a in a you know. In a world I, I think that's the overall overarching or over encompassing or umbrella effect of this episode is that yeah, we could talk about all the positive things that need to happen. We could talk about the different ways each of you are trying to help other people with this process. I think the most important thing that everybody needs to hear in this episode is that it's not going to go away anytime soon. It's going to manifest differently for each of us. It's going to come and go and come back again. Yeah. For me, the difference is, are you putting in the work to recognize it, address it, as Danielle has so pleasantly mentioned multiple times in here, right? Is like, are you recognizing if it's aligning with your core values? Are you saying no instead of yes to make sure you're not draining those energies? That's what I'm hearing is these are the things that we need to start picking up. That's part of the self-work. You guys don't need to give them the answer. You need to help them with the steps to recognize that it's happening right? and how to start shutting it down one at a time or, or, or as you hinted, redirecting the energy to the right things. That's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this, by the way. <laughs> so Danielle, if, cause we are coming to the end of the show, uh, I would like this question for each of you. Normally, by the way, when we close out a show, we have you guys do the final words. Uh, I want to modify this because this has been so much fun. And I know we, we just started hitting on points that do transcend no matter your male, female, whatever, it doesn't matter. But you being more of a, a female targeted market expert and what you're focusing on and the people you're trying to draw in, whereas obviously Travis is more to the male demographic. So even though we said there is a lot of common ground here, are there some certain things that our listeners, female listeners should be aware of or should take action on to help them? Like some takeaways. I don't know. What would, how would you help them? Um, is this in terms of alleviating burnout? Yeah, let's go back to the how we started this whole show. It's like recognizing it, being aware of it, addressing it, whatever it may be, like burnout, right? Like, Because I think that's the biggest thing I got out of this show is like, you're not always going to be able to stop it. You have to be aware of it before right. it just literally, you crash and burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would say, um, first of all, um, you, you know truly in the depths of your heart if you're happy or not, or if you're feeling fulfilled, or if you're feeling burnt out and stressed out. So one... Um, you need to get real with yourself. You've got to just ask yourself, um, what do I actually need? Okay. I know this is super hard for so many women because again, like I said earlier, we're so geared from this heart centered space of caring for everybody else. But I would like to make the point that you are not going to be able to effectively care for anybody else in your life. If you are not full and being taken care of, you're going to completely run out of steam and the depletion cycle is going to keep going. Um, so get real with yourself. Um, ask yourself what you actually need, what you want. Are you showing up in this world in the way that you would like to? Um, and 
then set your non-negotiables. What are the things that you absolutely need in your life? If this is self-care, maybe you have, you literally have no time for yourself. Um, establish some self-care practices that can help you get back into that feminine energy of embodiment, of alignment, of flow, of ease, of joy, um, to where you can use that to harness with your masculine energy of the powerhouse woman that you are to still get everything done and to still, to still be successful. Right. Um, and then I would say, you know, from there, learn, learn the balance of your own masculine and feminine energy. You're very masculine dominant type of woman. Um, feel into what it would be like to focus on that feminine energy. What does give you joy? That's a, that's a first starter question. What is it that brings you joy that makes you feel lighthearted? Um, do more of that. That's what's going to really tap you into that feminine energy um, and help you feel like you're in this flow state um, where you can actually get more accomplished in less time. That was true for, for, for me um, as well as my clients. Um, and then thirdly, I would say, um, really like deepen your craft even more, like whatever it is that you do, like own your zone of genius. Um, and when you, when you own your zone of genius and who you are, like what you do, how you help people, then this whole realm of people pleasing and perfectionism really fades away because you're no longer living through the lens of, oh my gosh, I have to do this, this, and this perfect, or this person's expecting this of me. Like you know what you do. You don't have, you know, your worth, you know, your identity and that, and you no longer have this power play of continuously feeling like you have to be all things to all people or, um, or say yes to every single thing, right? When you know that you are living in alignment with your core values, it's very easy to say no when things come up that, um, are against it basically. So th those would be the, I would say the three things that I would focus on, um, for women, to stave off, um, or even come out of burnout. Wow. Thank you. Awesome. You're Tra welcome. Travis, I, I heard some stuff that does kind of cross over, but again, is there some niche stuff that does differ a little bit? Because I mean, us guys do have a, a guilt of not guilt, but sometimes an issue of perfectionism, but I, I actually really, really felt how from, from Danielle's perspective, how I think a lot of professional successful women maybe do push over the top to prove that versus the male uh, factor. So how, how would you differ on some of these tips? That's, that's a thing, you know, it's, there's a lot of similarities, right? Right. It's experienced differently in a sense of, you know, I would also say, yeah, like men, do you know your full range of masculine and feminine too? And a lot of men would be like, Oh, what does that mean? Feminine, you know, <laughs> but, but that's intuition. And that, that's also, you know, it, depending on age, depending on where you're at in this whole, in your whole journey, I'd say if you're still getting triggered by certain people or situations throughout the day that you really start there, hmm. Interesting. where, are, where are you judging yourself for feeling bad or feeling angry or feeling or not feeling at all about a certain situation? or interaction with somebody else. There's a lot of gold, I think, for men to really start there. And that can be a 19-year-old, that can be a 45-year-old. I've I, seen- I completely I've, agree with that. I've seen the full range of it. And why I say start there for men though, is that missing it, being unaware of it, is is usually, I think, being is being in the masculine and going so fast and being busy to achieve and complete something that they don't see the gold in those moments. I completely agree with that. I mean, I can literally, as you're saying that, I'm flashing back to 
yeah. years ago when I was in the corporate space in my 20s, I, I used to use the term uh, keeping up with the Joneses, right? In a constant state of comparison. And yeah. That, yeah. that term yeah, gets right. loosely thrown around. But I found it do it all the time. And most of the <laughs> girls I knew, they weren't doing it the same way or not the same process. But yeah, it yeah. was like, dude, like that guy's got yeah. that and that guy's done that or he's done that. Well, yeah, good, yeah. I'm going to go do that and I'm going to achieve yeah. that, right? Yeah. It's like, but, and then to your point, who was setting me off? Like there were certain personality types that, and why, why, why were they setting me off? But I didn't spend any time recognizing it. I just allowed it to happen and just, it would set me off. And yeah. I'd be yeah. so off a target. My energies are being drained because I'm going crazy. I'm, I'm trying to do all these things and trying to compare so much, compare, compare, compare. And it's like, hey. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I've loved this episode. There is so <laughs> much here. I, if I had listened to this episode five years ago, I would have blown my mind to be entirely honest. I agree. Oh, what, do you, um, what do you think, Danielle? Oh yeah. Would have blown my mind as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I'll just finish by, by saying like, what's really hard to see in that, in that, like knowing why we're uncomfortable or what we judge behind an emotion in a situation. And this is men and women. Yeah. But I, I feel like if women are more receptive and if they are in their, and if they're in touch with their feminine part, they're just more receptive a little bit. Maybe they don't judge quite as much, but that's, that's why generalization I know. But, but what I'm saying is it's really, it's hard to, hard to get at the gold and the learning behind those triggers. If you're in an organization and you're advancing in your career, the training they offer usually doesn't provide that it's more cognitive technical skill building and and then even reading books and again there are certain formats of learning that just don't support that deep exploration and that's where i think services like what daniel and i offer like masterminds and coaching and mentorship that is that cuts that can cut years and years of getting hijacked by old patterns it can it just I completely reinforce you brother i did i did none of yeah. that in my 20s it, yeah it kicked in towards the end of my 20s started reading a couple self-help books i didn't yeah. know what a mastermind group was back then i wasn't going yeah. to development events i wasn't immersing myself right. into group exercises and <laughs> like none of that that was all my 30s after the firefighting so we're looking we're talking on yeah. 40 now so that's literally the past seven to yeah. eight years yeah yeah. And it has accelerated because once you get that ball moving, right, yeah. it becomes a little bit of a, a positive addiction. I'll be honest with you. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, Danielle, that. would you agree with what he's just pointed out at the end there? Like, what yeah. are some final words that you would like to just toss in there? Um, I think yeah, you the greatest gift you can ever give yourself um, is is nurturing your own your own heart. And that really is the basis that's going to um, catapult you into anything in your life, personally or professionally. The self-awareness aspect of becoming um, just emotionally intelligent and um, knowing what you need, who you are, how you're showing up, um, and just that overall um, ability to be vulnerable and expressing who you truly are and standing in the truth of that, um, you will see everything in your life really begin to transform. I'm loving this. This has been awesome. Well, listen, we do have to bring the show to a close. So please, both of you hang tight. I'll give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I don't know what I mean. I could literally drop the proverbial mic multiple times. Danielle can, Travis can. Well, he's on a headset. I'm on my sound system, but we're all dropping mics right now because I'm just so happy we got this level of not just energy, but messaging out there. So please, if any of you hearing this right now have any inclining to say, wait a minute, I finally need to talk to somebody about this, please reach out. Even if it's not you know, Danielle, please. I mean, we're going to have Danielle and Travis and all their information linked in the show notes. So you'll be able to come back to livethefuel.com and find them on social media and find their websites and find their contacts. But listen, even for some of you don't click with them, please just take action. That's the biggest thing I, I try and push on this show also is like your mindset and taking action. And if just one of these influencers we bring on the show help you fuel your health, business, or lifestyle, then we're doing something right. And I know for a fact, Danielle and Travis definitely did that for you guys today. So again, thanks for tuning into another powerful Live the Fuel podcast show. This has been amazing. Please tune in again. Please subscribe. Please give us a positive review. And please follow Travis and Danielle out there in the online space. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you guys then soon. Remember, you too can live the fuel. Later, gang. Hey there, Live the Fuel listeners. This is Scott Mulvaney, your chief intrepid officer, your podcast co-host and founder of Live the Fuel. Just want to take one to two minutes more of your time and give you a little extra value at the end of each of these episodes. Uh, first off, I wanted to make sure you guys got over to livethefuel.com and actually took advantage of my Super 7s resource guide. It's a free offer. And it just gives you uh, 21 different resources to fuel your own health, business, and or lifestyle success. Just some of the tools and applications that I've used and books that I've read uh, over the years to help me grow in a personal and a professional mindset. Now, while you're on the website, hop on over to the supported brands section. I created a new section on the website just to promote brands that I grow and have trusted in my personal and my professional life. I mean, there's, there's applications on there that I use in business-wise, but more importantly, healthy lifestyle-wise, there's companies that I've had founders on this show. Just a quick name drop them. You got Eat Pilly Nuts, you got Pure Vitamin Club, you got my connection with Isogenics since 2010, since I was wild and firefighting. Love to be able to help you get healthy and fit, lose weight or improve your athletic performance, or heck, in my case, I'm 40 now, age better. And uh, another quick little plug on there is Villa Capelli. Love their olive oil. And real quick note, Villa Capelli and Epilly Nuts, I have my own discount code. So go to lilyfield.com, click on the supporter brand section to get into the resources page, and you'll see my discount code. So enjoy that. Now, while you're on the website too, I've also now built another new tool for you guys, Fuel Library. So the Fuel Library is obviously, as it says, it's a library of the either digital audiobooks from Audible or physical books that I've either purchased, uh, borrowed, consumed, etc. Uh, heck, even actually half of these authors I've actually now had on the podcast. So feel free to go to Fuel Library. I've divided it into health, business, and lifestyle directed sections, and I've been building that out. I'm still looking to add a lot more content because there's tons of authors and amazing books out there. So again, go check that out as well. And then uh, two last things for you. One, Please, if you get a chance, get over to iTunes and give this show a review. It's going to help us grow the exposure and help other people out there in the world find Live the Fuel and also find these amazing co-hosts I bring on here to help them influence and hopefully positively change their health goals, their fitness goals, their business startup goals, their lifestyle, etc. So please, submit a review. I would love to be able to start reading your reviews on a future podcast. And the last thing I'm going to go in here with is my disclaimer. I'm throwing disclaimer in because honestly, I talk a lot about health on this show and business and obviously health and fitness impacts your lifestyle. So please, if you are suffering from a medical 
illness, a disease, etc. Remember, podcasts in general do not replace professional advice. So if you have concerns, please go obviously consult a professional. I do bring amazing professionals on this show, but in the end, this is free content that we're sharing over the podcast world. This does not replace obviously a one-on-one consultation, whether it be with a business consultant, a, a lifestyle coach, etc., or obviously a health or medical doctor. So again, that's just my quick disclaimer. This is free content. Take it as such, but please see your professionals. Thanks for listening, gang. Talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.